Shall we send it? Consider it sent, Sam. Consider it fucking sent. Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. Another big week with plenty of shit to get through. It's the middle of the night. I don't know what city we're in. I don't know what time it is. I just know it's the middle of the night and we've been watching a lot of football. Tommy's on the other side of the interwebs. How are you doing, mate? Oh, brilliant. I'm like you. I've got no idea where we are, what time it is. What year, what is even going on right now? All I know is every day, football, football, football. Life is a 24-7 football calendar at the moment, oh, it seems. It's fucked. It's fucked, isn't it? It's it relentless. We've sworn a bit already. Maybe we'll try and curb that back. Oh, but, yeah, uh, that was bad. Can we bleep it out? Have you ever thought about censoring us? Uh, you know, it's a bunch of work ethic I'm not prepared to put in. <laughs> That's some post-production we don't have. <laughs> yeah. And, until we hire someone, you know, until we have the money to hire someone. Uh Forget about it. We will have to deal with our F-bombs. I love that we've just landed. All right, screw it. <laughs> screw it. <laughs> Fuck it. All right, anyway, should we jump straight into our boys? The Reds are back in action. They've had a game. They've had an FFA Cup game. They're second this season, actually. They had an away one. Uh, they played in Adelaide, though, this time. Uh, a local derby of sorts against Adelaide Olympic. Uh, what are we at now? Like 13 unbeaten in the cup. Adelaide United mm. winning 1-0 at the parks. Uh, you get around this one? I was there. Yep. Um, it definitely, <laughs> it was built up as a derby. I don't know, a derby for who? Like if Olympic actually think this is a derby, that's pretty sad because is this the first time we've played professionally? I'm not sure. Um, but Dude, great turnout. It was such a stunning day as well. Like, I think by the end of it, they were turning people away. There might have been a cap. They got up to about 2-8, I think they announced. And it was just, it was just, it looked like suburban football though. Because like, you've been to the parks. You know, there's only one stand. And then you're just crowded around the fence. Yeah, yeah that, I, was that's there to, a, I, was, I was there tonight. Um, I scored there last week, actually. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning. Oh, nice um, Sunday league. No, I actually really hate it for watching football. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of too big for the local game, mm-hmm. but then kind of not big enough for a game like United versus Olympic. I guess with it packed like like it packed like it was, it did look a bit better. But um, when you're there trying to watch football, I just there's very few really good spots to to see very well. I just I just don't really rate it. But yeah, Whole, wholeheartedly agree. And I had the same thing. Because um, got there pretty close to kickoff because I had to work earlier. And in the end, it was a fairly forgettable game of football for me. Because if you're on the fence, maybe you've got a decent view in areas. Um, but I was stood back for the majority of the game. So I was like like um, needing the reaction of the crowd to yep. sort of move me in the direction of what was going on. Like I didn't see the goal. <laughs> I didn't see much. Yep. <laughs> no, unless you're, unless you're at the fence... It's pretty tough. The other good spots are there's some good spots up in the grandstand. And I think the best spot is probably up on, they've got those benches behind where the dugouts are. Mm-hmm. If you stand on one of those at the back, that's kind of a, a decent view. But yeah, still not an ideal ground for watching football at. Um, but it is what it is. We play a lot of football there in this state. So we just have to deal with it, I guess. Just got to suck it up. I actually think the best view is to be found uh, at the dog track on the Smokers Area Hill. <laughs> you get 
unobstructed views, man, into the ground. You just got to bring your binoculars. Even then, I mean, that's for some. My my vision is perfect. So I, I saw every movement of whatever game was going on there when I was at the Adelaide Cup the other week. Yeah, fair. What about the actual game itself? What do you make of our Reds at this point of the year? We talked about them a little bit a little bit the other week after their cup win. There was a lot of hate for them online, on the socials, just because, oh, extra timing is an MPL side. Yeah. But uh, early days, we've got a lot of MPL players playing in our squad at the moment. What do you think? True. That's um, not like it was an absolute delight to have Izzy back, I think, first and foremost, to see that guy again in the flesh. But, you know, I had my reservations about it. Now I don't. I wholeheartedly believe in him being back. He just, he controlled <laughs> everything, man. He just, it looked as if he had never left. Yes. Yeah. Spraying balls side to side, intercepting the game, feeding everything. Just brilliant. Yeah, lovely. I've been really um, anxious to hear about that, actually. So I didn't get to see this game because I was away over the weekend, but I was really keen to hear what people thought about Izzy's performance or, you know, how he went out there. But, if he can slot back in and be just like half the player he was, that would be excellent. Yeah, just give us that. I mean, and he looks fit. I mean, he ran out most of the game, if not the entire game. Um, and it's it's interesting for the midfield as well because it frees up Louis to be a proper box-to-box. And he is very energized in that role. And he, I thought he was quite effective in the game. We've just on the the fan blowback, we've had two friendlies either side of this game as well and neither of them have been overly convincing especially the one against para hills given there was a much changed squad there was a couple of first teamers i just i just think we're very early doors in preseason right now and to make any judgments i know the season's coming up what are we five weeks away i think you can make a lot of progress in five weeks on preseason we're not losing games we're not conceding goals which is a mystery to me um maybe Things aren't as doom and gloom as we're suspecting. Yeah. Um, so I think like we have the A-League generally has a pretty big gap between the end of the season and the start of the next season. Um, and then your preseason the longest, comes around. I think it's the yeah, longest in world football. It's pretty long. And then by the time your preseason comes around, you start playing games against uh, like MPL sides and stuff who are, you know, they're just finishing their their main season. So they're at their peak fitness level. Um, Adelaide United just starting. And like we said, they got a couple of the younger players getting a go in there. Lots of rotation. Um, still trying to work on some things, I guess. I'm not too worried about it at the moment. Mm. It's just, I guess, like every season with the A-League, it's too hard to tell until you actually start to play A-League games during the regular season. That's true. Although, just caveat on that, Sydney beat MacArthur 5-0 in a friendly during the week and they looked very good. Well, I think, yeah, Sydney are one of the exceptions where you can always pencil them in to be pretty good. So, Um, unfortunately. Unfortunately. More on the game, though. Bernardo, excitement machine, started out wide. Uh, He looks to be the first in line for when Goodwin doesn't play. And... You know, that's it's a big call for this guy coming up over the season. I'm sure we probably wanted to play Alessandro Torre there if Goodwin couldn't play, but he looks great. There was no shock to me. He was the guy that won the penalty. Um, loves to run past a guy, but like e- equally comfortable with his back to goal as well. Played on both wings, was swapping with Halloran um, throughout the game. So 
he's he's going to be good, I think. And I mean, there's Brazil are sniffing around him to cap him uh, in their youth team. So, yeah, well, hold that. Uh, what do you say? Fucking uh, hold the phone. Know. Hold the phone. <laughs> see what happens. Hold the damn Wait phone, man. Hold the damn phone. Um, have you got anything else to add about that game from the weekend? Uh, just maybe, maybe Nick Ansel could be, if he stays injury-free, uh, an asset for us. I think he could yep. be a good like-for-like Elsie replacement. Probably won't be any better than he was, won't be any worse. Uh, but he came on late in the game because Yavi Lopez picked up a knock. Pretty shit challenge, to be honest. But um, as soon as he went down, I thought, oh, geez, geez, if he's out for a while, that'll be really bad. But he came on, uh, just was really commanding in the air and just won everything that Olympic were lobbing into the box, trying to salvage something. So I like that. I thought that was a good sign. Yeah, lovely. Excellent. Um, how about this one? So a player we had that we thought was going to be an absolute gem that we've been very excited about for a long time has now uh, left the club. Al Hassan Toure off and away from the Rebs. Uh, what what are your thoughts on this? It just, first and foremost, it just sucks because I just, I loved watching this guy play and what, what he did for us in the FFA Cup final um, was just unreal. That individual yep. performance and, and the guy crying on the pitch, man, just like overwhelmed by the whole situation. Uh, just brilliant. That's everything I love about Adelaide United pretty much wrapped up in Altore, but not just Altore, but... You know, he was a great spark for everything that's yeah. come after yeah, him, sure. basically. Um, so it looks like really that just, I don't know, I guess he's kind of been dining off that performance in yeah, that cup final. Um, he hasn't scored many goals at all. The leg break obviously didn't help. Um, I don't know. I just, I thought this guy had so much more to give us, but um, it does suck that he's gone. But I guess at this point, I'm happy to just trust the process. Yeah, I think it's props to the club for letting a guy go um, who they didn't foresee was going to get the minutes he needed to like develop his potential in that. Yeah. So like that's I, I don't think there's any other club in the league that would do that if that's, they had a prospect like Altore. That's a Carl Viet thing. Yeah, it's the, and it's it's a cultural thing. It's an embodiment of the club. We just want to be able to produce these guys to be the best they can be. And I mean, yep. and also quick shout out: Lachlan Brook got called up to the um, under twenty three squad for the next. Basically, for the next three years is what they're trying to do. So for that, an ex-Adelaide United youth team player, that's brilliant. And it's testament to what we're doing. Yep. Um, yeah, very much looking forward to another season with all these young young guns running around. It's a shame we won't have Al, but we've got little... We've got Mo. We've got, we've got Mo. Mo. And we've got Irukunda, who scored a yep. brilliant goal by all reports. And we've, and we've still got Yankees. And we've still got Cassini. And he was good on the he was good against Olympic, I'd say. Yep. He was uh, mobile, throwing himself around. He was a little bit isolated. Halloran didn't have the best game, so he it didn't really work exactly. But yep. if he stays fit, and again, if he stays fit, he's in for a good season. Um, just one more thing on out. I'm not sure why he chose MacArthur, given that they just signed Tommy Urich as well. So if he wants to play up front, he's straight away going into a side where he's going to be the number two. So I don't know. I wish we could get transfer fees from A League clubs as well. That'd be awesome, but that's obviously can, a pipeline. Can you um? Can you not now? 
I thought you could now. I don't think we received a fee for our, maybe it's something they are heavily considering. It hasn't just okay. been implemented yet. Yeah, I'm sure. Another, add it to the list of things we could Google. Add it to the list of things. If um, I listen right. to this back, I'll look it up. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, now this one, you sent me this article earlier today. It's just popped up today. We had a look at it. Um, Ross Aloisi, Adelaide's assistant coach. How good is this? That, uh, no one, quote, no one abides by it. And he's talking about the salary cap in the A-League. You've had a good read of this article. I'm going to hand over to you to run us through this story. Man, when I saw this, I rubbed my hands together. Ross has dropped a bomb here on the league, basically. And of all his, of all shows, he's on Kane Corns' show. Like, I just, it is such a bizarre matchup of, you know, two twerps, basically, of <laughs> football in <laughs> South Australia. Uh, but during, during this interview, Ross Aloisi claims certain A-League teams spend up to $5 million above their salary cap. And he insinuates this makes it difficult for Adelaide United to compete with other clubs. So what happened was, is they asked him, how do you think Adelaide's going to go? Just like normal run-of-the-mill question. Ross throws back, I'm not actually sure that we're going to be able to compete with some of these clubs. And boom, straight away, these, the, the two presenters are like, oh, shit, we've got a story here. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes on to say, uh, we're not, we're not 100% sure. We know the league is going to be better. There are better coaches and there is more money that has come into the league. We are always confident in our football ability, but in saying that it is very, very hard to compete with the clubs that spend so much more money than we do. We are talking about three, four, $5 million more than what we can afford. I do not think people realize exactly how the salary cap works. I'm not sure what it is anymore because no one abides by it. Let us say it is 2.5 mil or whatever it is, and there is a minimum spend. If the minimum spend or if you have that is fine, but clubs like Sydney FC, Melbourne City, Western United, Western Sydney Wanderers, Melbourne Victory, they spend a lot of money outside the salary cap on foreign players. We don't have the money to do that. He's name dropping his rivals that are overspending the cap. (laughs) This is insane. This is, uh... well, are are you surprised by this? Nah, not at all. It's everything we've all suspected yeah. and we all deep I'm down more, I guess I'm just surprised someone said it. Right? And it was our boy as well, Ross. Like, you got to yeah, defend um, this guy yeah. to the tilt now. The fact that someone in that position He's said it. it. Yeah, um, the assistant coach, man. I guess it, it just comes straight from what we've all been thinking for a long time. Like, we always knew that the salary cap was pretty loose as it was. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I don't know if it's like, it's not so much that I don't think these clubs are like breaking the rules per se with the salary cap. It's more just that there are so many loopholes and things within this salary cap that if you have money, you can take advantage of it. And the clubs that have money are uh, Melbourne City, Sydney, Melbourne Victory, West exactly. Sydney, those big Eastern, Eastern Seaboard clubs. Yep, no, 100%. And we know they've been doing it. And, you know, you see these rules that are introduced, like the Tim Cahill rule for City or the Archie Thompson rule for Melbourne Victory. And, like, there's a reason that we can so precisely annotate the player that they made the rule for. Yeah. Like, it is that glaringly obvious. Yeah. So, they, you're right. It's kind of like tax avoidance versus tax evasion. They're not doing anything wrong. But what they are doing is they're 
assuming a front of a salary capped league when in essence, no one's abiding by that. And that's why Sydney have been so dominant for five years now. Yep. Um, it's just like we saw when we saw Perth got done for the salary cap thing and they kicked them out of the finals, <sighs> like rightly so, but I'm of still course. ropeable about like the first season of the A-League where Sydney blatantly broke the salary cap. Was it the first or second season? First season when they had first Dwight season. York. And they it just was blatantly. David, it was yeah. David Strillich that did them in. Yeah, well, yeah. When they had that squad, they had Striller and they had Dwight York up front. Um, they blatantly broke the salary cap, got caught, and just uh, the first season of a brand new league, and they went on to win the grand final. Straight away, the integrity of the A-League was, you know, to me anyway, it's in tatters straight away. Yeah, it's definitely in question. They copped, what, a three-point a three point deduction? That was it? I can't, I, was, I can't really recall, yeah. I think it was that and a monetary fine, but they still finished four points behind us, so it didn't matter yeah. anyway. We would have won the league regardless, but they shouldn't have been competing. They shouldn't have been able to compete for the finals, yeah, which they did and then eventually won. So, yeah. you know, whatever. 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 Um, on Sydney's dominance... <laughs> On Sydney's dominance, um, you want us to talk about the new, <laughs> this is funny, the new A-League ad promoted on yeah. Channel 10. Isn't it great? The which, welcome uh, to a, a new era of football, Sam. A new era of football in which the, um, for those of you out there, I'm sure anyone who listens to us would be following A-League memes on Facebook. You they, have did, to. they did the count on the, the new A-League ad to show how much each team was shown in the ad and yeah. Do, do you have the numbers in front of you? I don't have the exact numbers, but I know where we're going with this. I mean, first of all, don't we all just love to pull on our Ninkovic jerseys and go and watch the football? Isn't that? Oh yeah. That what we, we all, all dream do. Of? I just, you know, How as many, an, ha- <laughs> yeah, as an Adelaide fan, I just can't wait to put on my Ninkovic Sydney jersey and go to the football. It's brilliant. I just, uh, Adelaide United were featured for six seconds, I think. And yep. we were the most of any other club outside of the the big three, maybe we should start yeah, calling yeah. them. So, like, obviously someone's going to be – there's going to be winners and losers when you do an ad like this. There's going to be teams that get a little bit more airtime and some that – it's no surprise that Sydney got a lot of airtime, as did, like, Melbourne City and whatever. But can you imagine being in the A-League <laughs> – and to not be featured at all in an A-League ad campaign a la Central Coast Mariners. <laughs> they're 50Ks down the road from the studio where they shot it. <laughs> Central Coast it? Mariners were not featured at all. They had 0.00, <laughs> 0. 00 seconds <laughs> in the new A-League ad. <laughs> like, we've lost a team. And the Jets, the Jets, 25 milliseconds. <laughs> 25 milliseconds for the Jets and zero, like, water. You know, so last week we teed off a bit on Graham Arnold, right? And part of that was about this kind of bias about people in Sydney thinking they run the game. Like, not even New South Wales, because these are two New South Wales teams that have missed out here. But people in Sydney running the game and just neglecting things outside of that <laughs> and had an A-League campaign for the new season in which 
one team gets a quarter of a second under a quarter of a second mention and one team gets zero like, completely what? avoided oh my god yeah i thought the mariners were everyone's favorite smoky last season and like this is a team you should be promoting to average sporting fans because these are the underdogs that australians love to get behind yeah this and they've got marvin as well there's so much marketability marvin. for the mariners beautiful stadium dude picturesque <laughs> views like <laughs> i don't know if you saw on twitter but um a-League memes posted the count of how many seconds each team had in the ad. Yeah. And um, Marvin, the Twitter account of Marvin from the Central Coast Mariners, replied with a Photoshop. It was a Photoshop of just some any random team with like, they'd Photoshopped Marvin into it. And he said, Central Coast were featured for 0.001 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> with just this Photoshop of him in there. But yeah. Anyway. Good shit. Great shit. Um, same old shit incoming this season, guys, I think, with yep. the uh, new Football Australia banner. Yeah. Can't wait. 100%. All right. Should we get away from Australia and get into some European stuff? Yeah, we should. We got just a little first, bit to... Just first. Yeah, go what, do you think of the, what do you think of the new Adelaide third kit? You know what I think of the new Adelaide third kit. Tell me. It's Tell us all. It's disgusting. Oh. oh, it's beautiful. What are you talking about? It's disgusting. Mate, I'm I'm buying it as soon as my next pay hits. Or if Dallas Ann wins the Cox Plate, whatever comes first. You do you, buddy. You do you. I can't wait to see all of the people fitted out in coral shirts in the stands coming season. Oh, yeah. It's going to look bliss. Yep. All right. How about this new... <laughs> We've had another progression in the uh, Newcastle Saudi takeover story from last week. Yeah, uh, when I was saying of, it wasn't uh, going to happen. Yeah, some sort of a sponsorship block vote thing. I don't know. Sounds to me like a bunch of hypocrites. Um, give us, give us what you got. It's exactly what it is. Eighteen. They called a Premier League super meeting of all the clubs um, in order to. Bring in this new rule, basically, to stop uh, the Saudi government from, you know, orchestrating like back deal, sponsorship, promotion, stuff like that, and then filtering them into Newcastle. And so they got all representatives from the clubs to vote on this. 18 out of the, out of the 20 clubs voted in favour of blocking new Newcastle sponsorship deals. Newcastle obviously against. City, interestingly, abstained from the vote. Um, and so that's, I think maybe because they're very close to what Newcastle are experiencing now. And yep. when I say very close, maybe, maybe identical, identical. Um, it is just, it's like you said, it is fucking humongous hypocrisy from the super league crew. And like, let's just rattle this off. Yep. Were Chelsea not sponsored by Gazprom, the massive Russian government operated energy entity who now sponsors the champions league as well. Yep. Uh, who owns Etihad Airways, City? Who who owns Etihad Airways? Yeah, well, they did abstain, but yeah, Emirates for that very reason. Emirates, Emirates, yep. anyone? Arsenal? Wasn't there once a deposed Thai prime minister in ownership circles? What on earth is going on? What? Look, I'm not in favour of Saudi ownership. Like, let's get that straight. But why? Why now? Why now? That's, why are we now drawing yeah. the ethical line? 
that's exactly what we said last week. It's like, why now? How how can we be going along with this? We're all fine with um, you know, Russian oligarchs and oil tycoons taking over clubs, but now it's Newcastle. The big boys don't want it. Exactly. Because why? Because it threatens the financial security of these teams. Yep. And that's, you know, you talk about a Super League. It already exists. This is it in motion. Of course, the teams that are above Newcastle fighting for survival do not want Newcastle to have this money, so they're going to vote against. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. But then you've got sides in the exact same boat who have profited from the exact same thing they're doing, now pulling the ladder up. And this is a very clear example of it. Like, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to put too big a, too big a death call on the prem. But if they start doing this kind of thing, the league is going to just manifest into chaos. I think. Yeah, um, it all just ties into stuff we've already said on here previously. But the league, as it stands, is already pretty. Like, you know, you can almost predict. You can count on one hand the teams that have a chance of winning the league at the start of the year. And you can be pretty confident that every year it will be out of those teams. Um, and now another team has a chance to try and mix it with them. And obviously they're scared of that and they don't want that. Um, I can, you know, I bet you they're all pulling out the moral line, like that with the ethical stance about Saudi ownership. But they definitely are. Like we said, why now? Why now? If you feel that strongly, about human rights, why are we going to a World Cup in Qatar? Why don't you just pull out? Why don't you just say, no, we're not going? It's that simple, isn't it? Exactly. It is that it, simple. It is that simple. And people will argue it's not that simple because, oh, you know, oh, what if well, FIFA will ban you? Like, you know, they won't. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> when enough people and enough teams stick together and do the right thing, no one can say otherwise, you know? You just uh, imagine imagine the English FA came out and said, we're not competing in the World Cup. Yeah. Teams would follow that. They would. You would get the really, you know, culturally ethical nations, like the Scandi nations would come out, I think, straight away. Yeah. And be like, yep, we're not going either. And then you might get like New Zealand or something random like that. Say, yep, we're not going either. You know, they're and pretty much would, a shoe in like, And what would FIFA do? Like what, FIFA going to threaten them to not allow them to play in World Cups anymore. Yeah. And then you think all the other countries are going to stand by and let that happen and go along there's with some, that? You there's know? some that would, but there's yeah, some for that the, would. the majority, I think, would band together with the nations that are taking a stand yeah. on ethical grounds. Right? So um, just quickly on that, before we move on to some actual games, there was that uh, those reports that came out this week that there would be FIFA would be doing biennial World Cups oh, oh, every I two know. years. And I think almost immediately the Scandinavian nations banded together and released a statement saying they would not participate. They did the six of them with the Faroe islands. Yeah. Yeah. That was excellent. So yeah, we're, we're seeing this kind of thing happen already. Yeah. Which it's got to be done. That was good. Of course. I mean, like for what, for one, it's player safety as well. You can't host a world cup every two years with what a continental championship the alternate year and then when where yeah. the olympics fall like what is going you can't do it uh, fifa fifa cannot allow well they can't fifa can't act like they are some sort of mafioso boss you know that i think has, they, they can <laughs> that they think they can that that has the power to like stop the game if people don't play along with them but they don't because the numbers are with the clubs 
and the countries and the people that play the game, the people that run the game in every country, you know, so, and the supporters who go to the game. So if people just wake the fuck up and realize that there won't be any problems with this. Um, I think so too, but it's just, it's nerve wracking being the first, of course, but I reckon if England did it, Germany would fall. It needs to be someone big that goes through the wall first. Otherwise, yeah, you know, because you are up for a big hit probably, but if you're a big enough country, you can take it for sure. And you're just going to be leading the way. You'll be the heroes of it. So exactly. Yeah. You know what? It sets up perfectly for France. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck yeah. Do it. All right. Well, we got a bit radical and revolutionary there in the end there. Bloody teeing off. Yeah. Um, I mean, thank God the football was any good because everything else is nauseating. (laughs) Yeah. Tends to happen at like 3 a.m. when you've been on having a having a couple of drinks. Couple of midweek drinks, recording a pod. Couple of celebratory drinks. All right. Let's push through. We've got a bunch of a handful of games we want to talk about. We won't dwell too much on them. Um, we'll start it with, we'll go chronologically through the English first division, Watford versus Liverpool, basically the most Salah show. You got any notes on this? He's just, he's otherworldly, isn't he? I think we're, yeah. we're witnessing greatness. We called it a few weeks ago. I mean, we didn't call anything. He's been doing it for five years. This guy is at the peak of his powers and I love watching him play. What a goal. Yeah. He's a joy that, um, yeah, that goal he scored where he just cuts and shoots in like the blink of an eye and just wrong foots yeah. like three defenders. It's just crazy. He's incredible. Uh, good to see Bobby Firmino snag a couple as well. Yes, that was cool. Um, uh, he was, I'm a, I'm a big it, Bobby fan. I'm a big Bobby fan too. Did he get his hat trick or did he hit two? Oh, actually he... Oh, I can't remember. He might have got a hat trick. I, I think he hit a hat trick, yeah. I can't remember. His um his first goal I took issue with because it was um it was the same thing as the Mbappe incident that we talked about last week where Salah forces Cathcart to go for the ball which makes Salah an interfering player and I'm just wondering have they changed the law or maybe teams are just realizing it now they can exploit it a little bit you can hang a player a couple yards offside of a defender that's looking to intercept a pass. Yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty big gamble to try and exploit. You're banking on an opposition player trying to intercept and fucking it up, basically. I don't yeah. know if that's really a thing. But, depends uh, if I you're know playing you against mean. Man U, I guess. Yeah, it depends if Harry Maguire's at the back. We'll get to them. <laughs> um, just before we move on, though, Liverpool, we should also note their Champions League run so far. Yeah, brilliant game against Atleti. Oh, what a great, probably the best game of the yep. Champions League round. Unreal. Um, once again, Mo Salah. Mo Salah again. What? You know, he uh, scored for the ninth game in a row, which makes him, uh, that, ta- that takes him to the all-time Liverpool consecutive goal scorers list. Broken another record. Another record down the drain from Mo Salah. Will he yeah. stay long enough to break more records? Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. I reckon he's going to play there for the rest Even of his Even though life. he's demanding that 350000 a week? They'll pay him. Come on, why wouldn't you pay it to will. him? I think he's the best player in the world right now. So, and if he can maintain that over the next six months, yeah. I don't know. You know how I feel about these wages and things. Like, what does he yeah. earn already? What does he earn right now? <laughs> Probably two fifty. <laughs> like, do you, do you need it? <laughs> you know, do you need it? If you're happy past, somewhere, we're past the tipping point. If you're doing the, like, you know, oh, I guess 
from our perspective, we can say this, but other people don't think that way. But like, you know, if you're at a club like Liverpool where you have been for so long now, you've been smashing every record, you're winning trophies and you're happy. Why would you need a move for, why would you want more money? When yeah, you're getting you $250,000 a week. What are you doing this shit for? Oh. What do you need it, Ben? Anyway. There's people living in straw huts and you got 250K a week and you want more. <laughs> Christ. Well, I mean, that's why I respect Mane so much because Mane is a guy very humble and also just funnels a lot of his paycheck back into his hometown and his community. Um, and he's just... He's a guy that gives back. I'm sure Salah does the same thing. I mean, I'm sure lots of them do. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, also to be demanding this kind of wage, it's more of just like a, a profile thing, isn't it? It's, yeah, I think it is. Just like, it's I'm very much, player, um, you should I feel like we're, we're very into like the realm of NBA these days with football. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, where I mean, it's they're, like they're signing wanna, seven year we've, deals. We've talked about it with Mbappe, where it's like he wants to be, he wants to be the star in the team. So him sharing a team with Neymar and Messi is not ideal for him because he needs to be the man. He needs to be the top build, like a you know Tom Cruise, Robert De Niro. You've got it's got to be my name first. He wants to be Steph Curry, or he wants to be LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kyrie Irving, overrated. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. Anyway, speaking of speaking of NBA, did you see Paddy Mills throw down seven from seven from the field? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. I don't watch basketball. I don't know what any of that means. Um, did you see Mane uh, became just the third African player to score 100 goals in the Premier League era? I did not see that. Say that again. The third African player to the score third. 100 goals. Yes. Who are the other two? Uh, Mo Salah is one. Obviously, yep. And the other one, 100 goals. Uh, is it? Drogba? It is Didier Drogba, yes. Him and Salah are tied right now on 104. There you go. So Mane is going to go past him. Potentially. The the big, like the cool thing about Mane's return is he scored 100 goals with zero penalties. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. What it did is it made me deep dive on African strikers in the Premier League over the years. Here we go. And I wanted to see what the top 20 were. Well, this isn't off track at all, but here we go. <laughs> No, let's do it. Let's Maybe go. I should have mentioned this. Um, do you want to have a guess at any of these guys that are in it? Or should I just... Was this the top them? what? The top 20. Top 20? Yeah. Was this goals? We, goals, yeah. African goal scorers in the Premier League. And Wanko Kanu. I wonder if Kanu's in there. Um, you don't know? Telling, yes. Is this another number one nine? Of those, bang. Not number nine. one of those quizzes where you don't know the answers. <laughs> I just wanted to feign like I did. Okay. Number nine, yes. And Wanko Kanu. And Wanko Kanu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we got Drogba, Salah, Mane, Kanu. Yep. His mum washes elephants. Adebayor. Adebayor, number four. How do I forget Emmanuel Adebayor? That guy was, he was unreal. Unbelievable. He was unbelievable. He didn't, you don't get a he move to Real Madrid for no reason, unless you're exactly. Julian Faubert. But, or Jonathan Woodgate. Or Jonathan Woodgate. But yeah, <laughs> um, unreal. Maybe rattle off the top 10 so we can keep this moving. All right, good call. Um, Efan Okoku, Africa's forgotten Premier League player. He scored yep. 52 goals for Norwich and Wimbledon. Never heard of him. Uh, number nine was Kanu. Number eight is Yaya Toure. I was going to say Yaya. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't think he'd have enough goals to be up there, but no, he was. Man, he was goals, unreal. Man. Yeah, I uh, think only, just quickly. Only, sorry, just I know one. Only, only one of two players, along with Frank Lampard, to have struck at least twenty goals from the center midfield in a single season. That's how good he was. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was gonna say. I know it's off track, but I <laughs> still think people massively underest like underrate Yaya Toure. Like yeah. just how crucial he was to Man City. He oh, was man. incredible. Yeah. Especially but, that Mancini season. Oh, yeah. dude. Ridiculous. Incredible. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you will know this one quite well. You'll probably, if you guess, Arsenal striker. Oh, I, I can't right now. Nah, my brain's not working. Uh, Boomer Young. Uh, Boomer Young. Yeah. Okay. Gabon. Yep. Yes. Next. 66 goals. Um, there was an interesting stat during the week that he scored uh, something like 91 goals and 140 Arsenal appearances. And people say he's underachieved. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, his overall play looks shit, but we can get to that. Number Next. six, Riyad Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez. Lovely. Six, 67 goals. Algerian. And the number five is the only one we haven't discussed already because we've got the top four. Do you want to have just one ping at it? Oh. Uh, any clues? Uh, probably he's from the era where we started watching Premier League. He played for Everton. Nigerian. Oh, 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 oh. Um, oh, shit. Oh. Tip of your tongue. Yeah. Fun name to say. It's not. Oh, nah. Nah, it's gone. Go on. Yukubu. Ah, oh, damn it. Yep. Yeah. 95 goals. Everyone forgets Yakubu. They do. Portsmouth, Middlesbrough, but mainly Everton is where I remember him. Yeah. All right. That was great. There's been some great African players. That was players fun, yeah. That was good. I like that, yeah. That was, uh, that's actually quite a good list. Mm-hmm. Bringing back a lot of memories. Yeah. Some good players. All right. Should we, should we pound on forward through <laughs> these games? Let's yeah, let's go to the... Let's go to the to the fun one. We're having fun. Is this the fun one? We're talking about Leicester and Man United. Is it the think, fun one? I think this could be Man United equalizing and then falling behind a minute later. Yes. Oh, man. This is the fun one for sure. Um, there's nothing quite like being on like your end of year soccer trip and you get up the next morning <laughs> to see that Man United have lost and you just straight away go and hunt down the Man United fans and just absolutely ream them over it. And like, Two fingers in the face. Yeah, and you talk about how like Harry Maguire kicked the ball out from kickoff, basically, and like <laughs> yeah. shit like that. You know, they should have um, subbed him then. <laughs> man, we may as well get this out of the way now because uh, we will talk about an upside to Man United. But yeah, not good for them. Great for Leicester. Ollie just completely lost again. Yeah, oh, brilliant for Leicester. We shouldn't forget that. Um, they were great value for their win, I thought. But yeah, Absolutely. me and you, dude. They just, they can't, they can't lead a game. And like Greenwood scored another absolute banger. This guy yeah, is that fantastic. Was, that was an absolute banger. You know what? I still don't think it was the goal of the game. I thought uh, Man's goal was the absolute masterpiece. Yeah, the, uh, the top corner kind of. Almost like a chip. Curler, chip. Yeah, yeah, he's hit it hard enough with enough downforce. Like, just unreal. Yeah, and it's almost kind of, it's kind of bending the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, it's bending kind of away from goal if it was, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah, it should it, be drifting out. Yeah, yeah. It's just, that's remarkable for that to happen. 
Um, but just mostly it's everything we've been saying about Man U for two months, three months, whatever. Yeah. There's a really good article in The Athletic. I'll share it in the coming days called um, Why Ronaldo is Giving Ole a Huge Tactical Problem. And it's basically what we would have said anywhere over five minutes. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same. I'm guessing it's the same kind of thing we talked about with Ronaldo at Juve. Yeah, he, just, he was he was their leading goal scorer and he was Serie A's leading goal scorer, but he was actually kind of hindering the team, like hurting the team because of how they had to set up tactically by having him in the team. Yeah, and the thing about Man U is, is they haven't altered their tactical setup. They're just playing Ronaldo in this role that requires him to do something he's not doing. Yep. And just and letting their, as usual, Oli just letting his stars get him over the line. Which... Good segue into what happened this morning. And this morning, his stars got him over the line. <laughs> the same guy we're slagging off scored <laughs> scored a last minute, or not yep. last minute, but scored a late late winner. That's what he um, does. To, yeah, get them three points. And he's going to do that. And we said that. Yeah. This guy's going to give you goals, but he's not going to win you anything. Yeah, 100%. Um, I didn't get to see the game this uh, this morning. We're talking about the Champions League game, obviously. Um, I don't know. Rashford, a bunch of missed chances. United, probably the clear better team. Yeah, this one. The the XG was wild. Yep. We're going to talk about Italy a little later, but probably not much on um on Atalanta. But they have not been good so far this year. They're struggling in both Europe and in the league. So, um, for them to be two nil up at Old Trafford, they would have been pinching themselves. But yeah, you know, Ronnie, not sure what to do. Ronnie came away with the points. Ronnie did. I just, I think United won by the sheer weight of their wage bill in this game. Yeah. I think when you can bring on Pogba and Sancho and Cavani when yep. you're losing, that's uh, like what chance do they stand? Yeah. It's proving the difference at the moment. Like we said, Ollie, no good, but the individuals are good enough. Get them a good coach. They could be a good side, really good yeah. side. So keep like, Ollie dangerous. as long as you can. Yeah. <laughs> keep Ollie, please. Um, just quickly. Uh, one of the games from Sunday night, I had an eye on this. Everton versus West Ham. Not much to say about it, really. Uh, Everton, on the highlights, if you watch the highlights, it's just like Everton having shots I at have, goal. Yeah. Yeah, but in reality, in reality, it was West Ham completely dominating really? this game. Yeah. West Ham had all the ball, especially in the first half. I drifted out a bit in the second half. But West Ham had all the ball. They just couldn't create clear chances. Everton, when they did get it, managed to create clear chances, but they just couldn't get on the ball. Goodison Park was like a library because their Ooh, team were just not, not touching it. Um, but yeah, West Ham got away with the win in the end, snagged a goal. I don't really have any much, like anything else to add to that, unless you do. No, I, no, I didn't see this one. I was, um, I was hanging. Well, I was watching Leeds, but we won't talk about Leeds this week. Yeah. We should move straight on to... Uh, Tottenham versus the Saudi investment fund. Yeah, go for it. I'll let you take it away. Spurs 3-2. Kane scores his first goal of the season. Is he a fraud? Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Is is Harry Kane a fraud? You're asking me. Is he a fraud? He's not a fraud, no. So he wants elsewhere? What's going on? He's in a joke of a team with a coach that's not good enough for them. Um, I mean, you say that Tottenham are fifth again. Yeah. Yeah, I do say that. But, uh, you know, when you look at this squad, I think they're better than 
they're better than what they've been playing. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Know. He just, I think he's obviously much better than he's been playing. Interesting. Tottenham didn't even make a sub in this game either. That is weird, isn't it? I've seen yeah. Bielsa do it a couple of times, but it's just no, no faith in the bench or he just wanted to maintain what was out there. Because yeah. they were chasing the game, I suppose. Oh, no, they weren't. They were defending the game. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they could have taken Eric Dyer off. <laughs> just, perhaps. Perhaps. Try to, tried to absolve whatever was about to happen. Um, yeah. To see Sun and, Sun and Kane have now combined for 34 EPL goal combinations. Uh, that takes them to clear second of all time in the Prem era. Sammy, who's number one? So we're talking about players who both goal and assist each other mm. directly. Directly. Mm-hmm. It's not Mane and Salah. It's not Mane and Salah. No, they're it's not up on. There. Uh, it's no. not on Rian Burkamp. Chelsea. Chelsea. Is it? Is it Drogba and someone? It's Drogba and someone. Is it Drogba and? Not Frank. Fat Frank. Exactly. Fat, Thirty. Fat crying <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Thirty-six goals. They combined for over their uh, history together. Yeah. Right. Interestingly, Fat Frank linked with the Newcastle job. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk this week about the Newcastle job. Obviously, with the takeover happening, I mean, the internet's full of bloody terrible, low-hanging memes this week about how they lost. Of oh, like, they don't have any money yet. Jesus Christ. And they've give still got break. Steve Bruce. So just give them a break. Let's, let's make sure they don't get relegated first before we worry about anything else. Just on that, do you think the Bruce sacking was warranted given Alain Saint-Maximin posted after he was sacked about Steve Bruce? You are, without a doubt, one of the most gentle people that I've ever met in the world of football. You've been a man of your word, a caring man and a fair man who never hesitated to protect us. I'll never forget how you treated me and for that I'll be forever grateful. Obviously had the backing of his best players at the club. (laughs) Yeah, uh, no. I mean, yeah, he was a nice guy, obviously. That's all that said. That said, he was a nice guy. Didn't say he was a great football coach. Okay, I'll raise you this. You know, which he isn't. I'll raise you this. Bruce versus Rafa Benitez's stint. They both lasted two seasons at Newcastle. Yep. They both achieved 90 points yep. over their careers. Yep. 23 wins versus 24 wins. Steve Bruce actually scored more goals than Rafa Benitez's reign. Um. But we look, and especially Newcastle fans, look back at the Rafa, the Rafa era as something of a, a bright spark in a really dark Ashley era. Do, I, I'm, I don't know. I think maybe Bruce has been a little bit unfairly treated here, given the restrictions he was forced to operate with. He hasn't underperformed by any measure of past Newcastle managers. Um, yeah, like I think that, more is just an incorrect assessment of Rafa Benitez's time, to be honest, mm-hmm. more than anything. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. Yep. Like, it's not that Bruce has been good because he's better than Benitez. I think it's just understated just how poor Newcastle were under Rafa as well. <laughs> or how poor they've been forever, basically. How <laughs> poor they've been for so long, you know? So, how much time you got? Christ. <laughs> it's probably enough time on Newcastle, but to be honest They've got with you. Saudis taking over, so they'll be right. Um, do you think John Joe Selvey held his own personal protest against the new ownership takeover, subbed on two yellow cards within 11 minutes of one another? 
off. Yeah. Derails the game, basically. Yeah. Poor old John Joe. Yeah. I mean, for Newcastle fans, it must have been jarring for everything to have changed off the field, but for nothing to have changed on the field. And so for that, have fun. That's what I mean. Like, just let's all just not get carried away yet. Let's wait till they've got some money in the bank before we start. Like, did people expect this Saudi takeover to happen and them to pump Spurs this week with the same squad? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Grow up, internet. Nothing's changed. Yeah. No, it's going to be exceptionally satisfying to watch Newcastle scrap it out with Leeds for that last relegation spot this season. 16 and 17 battle. Yeah, fuck yeah. Love that. That's It's going to be brilliant. Moist. Yep. Hey, you wanted to talk about Spurs and Palace. Arsenal Palace. Arsenal and Palace. You got Spurs on the mind. Yeah, Spurs on the mind right now. Yeah. I don't know why. You want to talk about King. You want to talk about Arsenal Palace. Let's go. Yeah, the return of the King. Patrick yeah. Vieira is back. And they almost won. Did you see the photo of him after they equalized? Yes, I did. I saw the footage. Heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Poor bloke. I would have I been mean, okay with Palace winning it. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were decent value again. It's yep. like such a huge raps on this team. You know, they've only lost two games and they were both away to Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah. Sure, they've only won one game. They've drawn a bunch. Um, but this is a team that's exciting and it's fun to watch and they are going to big teams and playing at them and causing upsets. It's, yeah, it's fun. I'm really enjoying Crystal Palace this season. Yeah, they are good. They're fun. Um, my boy Odson on the score sheet again. Scores really again. Really nice goal. Kind of yeah. unconventional looking finish. Mm-hmm. But he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Yep. Good striker. Excellent. I mean, he's got the best goals per minute ratio in the league at the moment. So, yep. And uh, obviously, you already talked about kind of Aubameyang scoring again. Yeah. I mean, his, his, his record speaks for himself, I think. He cops a lot of shit, but I probably, you know, he's almost, he's at a goal every 0.75 games. So yep. that's a great return. Come on. What more, what more can yeah. you ask for? I think uh, what Arsenal fans would probably tell you is it's like a, a stint of not very good form. And then a run of games where he scores maybe two or three a game. Mm-hmm. Like he scores a hat trick or he scores a double. Um, he's just his, uh, when he's off, you know, he can still score his goals. I know people say it's his job to score goals. That's all, but that's not all that matters, you know? So his overall play sometimes really hinders Arsenal when he's not on because he can just be dreadful and just non existent, just a passenger. Yeah, he's not a guy to lead the team to victory or yep. pull like a goal out of the fire, basically. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I saw Ramsdale in goals. Is he getting an extended run or is he the new he's number one? He's played every game. He's, yeah, he's, since he's come in, he's just started every game and he's been really good. Excellent. That's good to see. Yeah. So Leno on the out now or do you think he'll hang around? Well, there was, there was already talks that Leno wanted out. Before the window ended, so okay, so they've um, just covered up. Maybe I think he wants to get back to Germany. So that's know, fair. That's whatever. Fair. Yeah, there you um, go. The last one I had on this was: Did you see the Macarthur challenge on Saka? The one that uh, he got yellow carded for. I did not, but I heard it could have been red. Oh my god! I think it could be a criminal charge. Like a criminal charge. I'm not. Wait till you see this thing. The ball is in the air, and Saka has already pretty much cleared it away. And what he does is he comes through and just 
like strikes his standing leg basically as if he was striking a half volley. It's it took him off. Saka didn't come out in the second half. Like it was just it was an outrageous thing to do. He's got he's not looking at the ball at all. He just wants to hurt Saka. I think it's disgraceful. I don't I don't want to see this guy play again. To be honest with you, oh, never again. That's how bad I think this is. This send that him. was fucking disgusting. Put man. him in jail. Yeah, lock him up. Send him to Guantanamo Bay or Christmas Island, <laughs> whatever. Get Peter Dutton on his ass. Alcatraz. Send him to Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Him and Sirius can, you yeah. can fucking. You're thinking of Azkaban. <laughs> I'm thinking of Azkaban. <laughs> Azkaban and Al- Alcatraz oh. is Alcatraz is a real place. That's why I went quiet. I was like, oh shit. Oh, well, still, <laughs> he can go to both of them. Whatever. Yeah. This guy yeah. sucks. I can't. Yeah. Fuck All right. Me. We've been going a bit, but might just do a quick little wrap on Italy before we finish up. Um, yeah, I like that. A couple of things I just wanted to mention. Firstly, uh, the Serbian 21-year-old striker from Fiorentina, Vlaovic. Uh, he's in the rumor mill at the moment. A lot of clubs after him because he turned down a contract with Fiorentina. He said he won't be renewing his contract, so he'll be free at the end Whoa. of the window uh, or at the end of the season. He, um, Fiorentina turned down some massive bids for this guy. I think there was like an 80-odd million dollar bid they turned down from Real Madrid. Holy shit. Um, because they were, they believed at the time through talks with him, <coughs> excuse me, and with his agent that he would be signing a new deal. And uh, now he's turned around this year and said he won't be. And so now he's going to go for free. Fiorentina aren't too happy, but he is banging goals for them. So there's that. That's pretty dog. Yeah. Uh, I don't I'm like not, that. Yeah, I don't really like it either. Um, very self-centered approach to the footballing world. Um, yeah. The other note was on, I've got Milan here. Uh, a big, they were 2-0 down on the weekend, came back to win 3-2 to what was like a massive rigged or shit nomination to own goal. <laughs> That's what I had as well. Yeah. I reckon it was shit, man. It's just it shit. Just flat out shit. The cross has come in. It's a terrible cross. Yeah, the defender's standing there. He swings a leg at it and shins it into the net. Like it's, it's disgusting. It's just flat out shit. He should never play it, again. No, nah. it may be rigged because he kind of opens his body up in a way that makes his leg <laughs> deflect it into the goal. So, I just I don't know what he's doing. No, no one's around him, man. It's just terrible. let it go. Yeah, <sighs> so we bad. can't let it go because it's on target. If he lets it go, yeah, let the keeper mop it up. But he makes sure of it. He buries no. it. Um, <laughs> he does bury it. <laughs> all right. So that's Milan. Oh, they also, the other note on Milan was that they um, are on zero points in the Champions League. Yeah. Why is their form still, uh, so contrasting? Still yet to get a point. Uh, I don't know. Porto just, beat them. I don't know if they're leaving something in the bank for the league games. The league. Obviously, I spoke about them the other week and said their focus would be on uh, consolidating a Champions League spot in Syria. So... That might be their focus. Looking at their lineups, it doesn't seem a focus. They're still still putting out some of their strongest lineups. I just think the players are pretty gassed. Like they're very short at the moment with in- so many injuries. They got a few players out with COVID, a stack of injuries. So yeah. Um, but yeah, they're maintaining their run so far. There was um, a, there was a um, lad with the number ninety nine playing this morning. So yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that sums it up, right? Thinks he's Ronaldo. 
Like Brazilian Ronaldo. And Maldini's um, playing. What do you think of Maldini? Is that is it Daniel Maldini? Daniele Maldini, yeah. Daniele Maldini, yeah. How's he gone? Playing attacking midfield. Oh, he's excellent. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, he's, you know, he he's only playing because um, Diaz has been out injured. Okay, yep. But uh, Maldini's probably not a starter yet. But when he has played or when he's come on, he scored the winner a couple of weeks ago away to, I want to say Spezia, but I'm not 100% sure. But he did score score the winner. Um, he looks he looks like he could be some player. There's definitely no nepotism there. He's he's quality. Yep. Okay, um, cool. Napoli. Yeah, what on earth? Napoli are floating under the radar. They're eight from eight in the league. They're unbeatable at the moment. Um, they're just going about their business, getting results. Only yeah. ones in Europe, I think. Still yeah, and hundred percent record. Shamefully, I'm yet to actually watch them play this season. I watch a lot of Italian football, but I'm actually yet to see them play. So now that our local season's finished over the coming weeks, a bit more free time, looking to really more catch Sundays. up on some of this. Yeah, Sunday night, Syria. Um, now, I wanted to finish on this one because this was the game of the, I'm going to say month, game of the month. Game of the month. Inter In versus, Italy or everywhere? Uh, or maybe I'll just... Maybe just in Italy. Tones it down. Yep, sure. <laughs> I'll tone it down a bit. <laughs> uh, Lazio hosting Inter at the Stadio Olimpico. Um, taking away, was it a 3-1, 3-1. win? Um, but basically, just there was the one moment of big controversy. Obviously, Inter are up and about because they're the champions, but everyone wants to knock them off. So everyone's lifting Lazio a bit, you know, so-so, a bit up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens at one all with maybe was it like 12 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, uh, DeMarco from Inter has the ball. He's running forward. He plays a pass and it's kind of like a, has like a collision with a Lazio player where the Lazio player has stopped, but he's kind of running to him. And it's one of those, like the Inter player has gone down. He's holding his chest. Like there is zero chance the guy is hurt, but he stays down. Interplay on. It's their player that's down. Interplay on. Lataro runs up, has a shot on goal that's saved. Lazio get the ball. They counter attack. Immobile takes on a couple of defenders, hits a shot, saved. Felipe Anderson scores the tap in, and all hell just breaks loose. And it's absolute scenes. It, <laughs> oh, it's, <coughs> excuse me. It is absolute scenes. Chaos. They reminded me of the Leeds Villa from a couple of seasons ago where Leeds gave a goal straight back to Villa. Yeah. But I mean, I think Lazio had more right to play on because like you said, Inter had the shot. So I just, I don't see, and they reacted so fiercely. Yeah. Man. So there's the a goalkeeper of, as well. Like there's a number of things I want to pick apart in this. So like, hit it. firstly, Inter have played on. They've played on. It's their player on. on the ground. They've played on. Secondly, that guy on the floor, there is zero chance that he's injured. So we have to let the referee make these decisions. We can't have teams kicking the ball out because teams take advantage of it. Exactly. Players take advantage of it and just stay down. There's no way he was hurt. He played the rest of the game. There was nothing wrong with him. So that that indicates. When you see the collision, there's nothing in it. Like the Lazio guy stands his ground. DeMarco barely even runs into him with any force at all. Like he's milk. He's, he's looking for the contact and then he milks it. Um, probably trying to get the Lazio player book. Then we have the fact that 
Anderson scores the goal, and he, as he runs off to celebrate, uh, Dumfries, the defender from Inter, yep. just basically rugby tackles him. Yeah, in it's protest. insane. He he should have been sent <laughs> off celebrating I think, because he he kicks this whole thing off. He grabs him. He should have been sent off, in my opinion. He has no need to grab him, no matter what your protests are. Um, so that happens. Interesting that no one goes to a mobile. Right. The guy that it's instigates like, the attack. <laughs> everything here, everything that happened here is just so irrational because Anderson scores the tap in, yeah. But what about the other five Lazio players that touched the ball before it left the keeper and went in the net? What about Immobile taking on two defenders and having a shot? You know, like why is it just the guy that tapped it in the net? Um because he's small. I don't know. So the next step, <laughs> the next one is the referee. The referee has absolutely bottled this situation. Yeah. So not only has he, he's given a yellow to Dumfries. He's given a yellow to Malinkovic Savage, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Um, he's also given a yellow to the guy who scored the goal. Yeah. For what? For scoring the goal. So you go back and you watch the footage. I watched, um, I went and watched like a full replay of the incident from the match coverage. Um, he literally scores the goal, goes to celebrate. Dumfries grabs him and like tackles him. And he just stands there with his hands up. Doesn't retaliate to anyone. He actually gets dropped on his ass by somebody. And then he comes away with a yellow. Somehow the referee books him just for existing, I guess. Yeah. So the referee is bottled Being that. involved. Another step of irrationality. Um, and the last one is Lautaro Martinez himself, who... The one who played on had the shot on goal. He's the other player that got booked by the referee because after Anderson scores, he sprints all the way down the other end and continues this protest with Anderson for like a good five minutes. He leans over him while he's on the ground, abusing him. And then as Anderson's walking away and the referee's trying to book people, he's still getting in his face, trying to shove him. And it's like, Lataro. You had a shot on goal where your player was on the ground, man. Yeah. Why is everyone being so irrational here? Like, step away for a second. Use your fucking brains, you idiots. It was he just so the, frustrating. He missed the chance. That's why he was so upset because he had the opportunity to put it in the net. And then, yeah. yeah. It was just uh, so frustrating. It's just, it's, it's wild scenes. I don't understand yeah. it. I don't, I mean, obviously, it, the game is a big game, there's high tension. Um, it's clear to see why it went for 97 minutes to allow the Lazio fella to get sent off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah, more scenes at the end. Lazio eventually grabbing a third goal to seal it. And then Luis Felipe, the centre-back who is, uh, he used to live with uh, Correa. Correa. Oh, okay. He moved, yes. he moved from Lazio to Inter. They were teammates at Lazio and also housemates. Carrera has only just moved to into this season. Luis Felipe celebrated by jumping on his back. That was so weird, man. And the referee the sent fuck? him off. The referee sent him off for it straight red. So it was just insane. Yeah. I saw the still photo of I couldn't understand what the hell was going on. What it just what it was a bit he? of banter. But yeah. And the referees just sent him off. So that's that. Hey, yo, if you've listened this far, thanks for listening. We ran into some trouble with the internet just randomly dropping out for absolutely no reason at all. So the recording has stopped here. 
But like I said, thanks for listening if you did get this far. And also, if you do like the show and you like what we do, please tell your friends if you can. Give us a share on Facebook. Get around it. The more you like or comment or interact with us, um, the better it is for us. The more people get to see it. Also, we love interacting with you when you comment. So keep it coming. Thanks for the support. Ciao.